Today's message is uh, called Recruitment, Choosing the Right Team. Uh, Recruitment, Choosing the Right Team. Choosing the Right Team. Hashtag the family business. Hashtag the family business. All right, so I wanted to spend some time on I wanted to spend some time on uh, recruitment. We've talked about the business aspect. We've talked about, um, you know, the start, the business plan. Uh, We talked about vision statement. We talked about accountability. We talked about the soul of the business. We talked about the product. We talked about um, financial aspect, uh, investment, costs, um, sales price, cost versus price. I mean, we've covered, this is dope. I mean, we've covered so much. And so now a very volatile area of importance is also human resources, personnel. No business can really function without having good personnel, good staff members, good team members, good partners that you relate to. Now, these are going to be the mechanics of today about how to choose the right team. Maybe next week we'll discuss how, more of the how, but these are the mechanics I want to give you. I want to introduce to the family business the importance of hiring correctly. I want to talk to you about how important it is to establish the right team members or relationships or partners as you serve the Lord. Many of us are unsuccessful because we have partnered with the wrong people in our lives. Many of us are unsuccessful because we have partnered with the wrong people in our lives. And instead of gaining for the kingdom, we're hemorrhaging from within and are unable to recover from sicknesses we contracted contracted decades ago. In other words, instead of moving forward positively with new relationships, new ventures, and new experiences, we mull over our past and we fail to gain or move forward. We're unable to recover. And that sickness, that negativity, eats at us like a cancer. It erodes our inner being. And no business can be successful when there's toxic staffing. Oh, man. Woo, Cynthia, I know you're probably going to shout on that one, right? But wait, there's there's nothing like working at a company where the staffing is toxic. Oh, my God. Somebody needs to say amen on that. I know there's a few, few more people who understand what it's like to work with co-workers who are not team players, but their sole purpose and job is to disturb, to interrupt, to distract, to deflect, to demean. Ah, So if we can learn how to develop the right team members, we'll be able to be in a better position to gain for the kingdom. So today also, I want to focus on the importance of relationships. I want to talk about the importance of relationships. I want to talk about the importance of why you have friends, why you have associates, why you have mates, 
why you have kids, listen, listen, why you even have enemies, etc. Listen, there's some people that come into your lives that came into your life who weren't meant to stay, but they served for a season to help you move to a new decision, a new place in your mind, a new place in your feelings or emotions, or a new place in your decision-making. Every relationship in your life plays a role in what you accomplish and how you accomplish it. I'll say that again. Every relationship plays a role in what you accomplish and how you do that. So if you're not happy with how you're progressing, take a look at the relationships in your life. Ah, boy, this is this is touchy. Preachy, this is touchy. Listen, if you want to look at how well you're doing in business, then you have to look at who your team players are. I want to be able to show you today how the many relationships you have are, listen, they are packed with what you need to accomplish your purposes in life. So in other words, God gives you different relationships that come with resources and things that are packed with what you need in order to do the job. And I'll say that again. Every business hires employees or team members or partners or staffers who have the resources or skills or abilities to be able to perform the job to get the product out to the people. Uh, listen to me. Wow. So listen, no no man is an island of, his, of himself. Listen, you can't open a business and say you're going to do a, be a lone ranger. I'll talk about that in a minute. God tells us, listen, God tells us to assemble. He tells us to hug. He tells us to fellowship. Why? Because he knows that in these experiences, we will find what we are to each other. I am something to joy. I am something to my children. My children are something to me. You are something to a friend. Listen to this. God discourages the loner lifestyle. God discourages the loner lifestyle when it comes to the kingdom franchise. The family business is not about you being a loner who says, all I need is Jesus and me. Not true. God tells us to connect with people. He even says in the Bible, he says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. He says, love one another, fellowship, break bread together, shake hands. He's so adamant. Watch this now. This is going to get you. This is going to get you, Andy. This, he is so adamant about us connecting that he gives us a command in the Bible to build strong relationships. He gives us a command to build strong relationships. Watch this now. Look at this. He commands us. We are commanded to enlist in relationships with others. And often our relationships become our team. I'll say that again. Often our relationships become our team. 
So choose your relationships wisely, sugar. Choose your relationships wisely because from this group, from this array of friends, associates, even enemies, these become your team players. Judas was the enemy of Jesus, but he was on the team. (laughs) So if we are to fulfill God's ultimate command to love him, to love others as we love ourselves, then we have to make it a part of our strategy in life to meet people. Somebody say, meet people. You cannot say, I don't need anybody. Nobody needs me. God says it is your requirement to meet people. I'm going to show you the scripture right after this. God says it is your responsibility to meet people. There is, there is an accountability on your life for meeting other people. Let me show you in scripture here. Look, the scripture says in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, he says, go therefore and do what? Make disciples. That means build relationships with other people of all nations, black, white, red, blue, wherever you can get connected to people. He says, go and make disciples. This is a direct command, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe Everything, all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you even to the end, always to the end of the age. So listen to this. Watch this. Jesus is talking about the types of relationships that allow for teaching moments. Oh, watch this now. Sharon, listen to me carefully. Listen, Danielle. Listen to what I'm saying. This is big. Jesus is talking about making the types of relationships that allow for teachable moments. Listen, rarely do strangers let you teach them. Ah, watch this now. Look, Sunda, rarely, rarely do strangers let you walk up to them and say, let me teach you something. Now, listen, telling somebody something and teaching them something are two different things. Uh, Listen to what I'm saying. People receive better from people they know better. Am I right about it? So the more I get in a relationship with you, the more I'm willing to listen to you teach me what you have learned. Watch this now. Therefore, God commands us to go out Live your life and meet people in deep enough relationships that you are able to exchange teachable information to build each other into service. I put a post up this week and I said, marriage is like discipleship. It's learning one another, being with someone long enough to learn one another well enough to grow together. It is partnering with somebody who you know well enough that she teaches you 
and you teach her. And together you learn the word of God. You're tracking with me? So everyone, listen to me carefully, everyone should have someone in your life that you are teaching. I'm going to leave that right there just for a minute. I'm going to leave that right there. Everyone should have someone they are teaching always. Every believer is commanded to do so. We just read it. Here are some examples I want to give you of people God has partnered with to help him in the past. Tell me if you recognize any of these people. Let me give them to you. The list is the example of helpers. Number one, Adam and Eve. Oh my gosh. God has been recruiting since the beginning of time. So we are continuing a normal hiring process. It is our watch. The kingdom will have sufficient or insufficient resources because of our recruitment efforts. I'm going to say this again. Listen, I want to say this to you right to your face. The kingdom will have sufficient or insufficient resources because of our recruitment efforts. Wow, that's big. So in other words, the kingdom of God will only have valid staffers, adequate resources, people who are preachers, deacons, helpers, food uh, providers, um, car drivers, CEOs, whatever your profession is, we recruit them. It is our job to partner with people who are rich, who are poor, who are doctors, who are lawyers, who are scientists, who are rappers, artists, ex-gangbangers, gangbangers, not even ex. It is our job to connect with these people so that they can become a part of the kingdom so that when we pass on and go to glory, we will have adequately staffed uh, are you getting this? Are you tracking? So put the names back on the screen for me, please. Adam and Eve, they were asked to rule the earth. God enlisted them. He created them. He said, I need you to rule the earth for me. I need you to help me. Abraham was the father of many nations. God said, I need you to be the father of many nations. In other words, I want you by faith to father all the offspring that comes from you. I want you to give the example of faith for them. Moses led the people out of Egypt. Joshua led the people into prom to the promised land. The prophets, oh my gosh, Samuel, you know, uh, Gideon, all or the judges, even the judges, uh, Dan the prophets, Daniel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all of those prophets, Haggai, then the kings, David, uh, 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 all of the kings that, that God enlisted to serve him. And then the 12 disciples, Matthew, Luke, John, all of the disciples, he said, I need you to work for me. All of those people. And then lastly, Paul, he says, I need you to get the message to the Gentiles. In other words, I need you to be the breakout apostle who was born out of season. He was born out of season to be able to, to, to serve in a capacity uh, other than just toward the Jews. So I want you to understand that God has been in the business for years hiring people. I wonder, could he put your name on that list? Where would your name fit? What is God put you in business to do. Oh, I'm preaching now. Look out, Dana. Listen, Lori, what has God put you 
on the employee payroll for. If you go to the personnel file, if you go to HR, if you go to heaven and we look in the file cabinet of God, is there a personnel file on you? There should be a file in heaven with your qualifications, your gifts, your abilities, all of that of why God signed you up. All right, let's move on. Little Ben, check this out. He recruited them to complete his work. So we are asked to get in service because we are asked to complete his work. Number one, he chose them. Number two, he empowered them. And number three, he sent them. So what did he do with these helpers? What did he do with those helpers? He asked them, help me finish the work. Help me. So when you read the Bible, this is what's exciting. This is what's exciting, Big Ben. When you read the Bible and and you read the word, you look at it and you say to yourself, you say, ooh, what can I do to help get this? What can, how can I play a role in furthering this gospel? How can I help finish the work? You are alive to help finish the work. In other words, God handpicked you. I told you, he chose them. The Bible says he chose them. He handpicked them. He empowered them. And he gave them authority. He gave them authority. He sent them with his blessing and anointing. He sent them. He gave them authority. He sent them. What has God sent you to do? Has he sent you? Do, you? do you understand that if he called you, I gave you authority? No boss has ever made me manager and didn't give me the power to make a decision. Have you ever called customer service and you talk to tier one? You talk to the tier one people and you ask them, you say, I'm having a problem. You know, can you do something for me? Can I get a, a, a refund or something? Tier one usually doesn't have the power to make a decision to help you. You have to escalate the call up to tier two or tier three or a manager who has the authority. Oh God, what I'm telling you is that you friend partners, you friend team members, God has friended you. He no longer calls you slaves. He calls you friends because he tells you about his business. He calls and partners with people who he can give authority to so they can be sent to do his job. How do we get there? Let me show you this next slide. Step number one, pray for God to send you your partners. There it is. Boom. I just dropped the mic. Step number one in the hiring process is to pray for God to send you your partners. Step number one is to pray for God to send you your partners. Pray, listen to me, pray before going into business with anyone. Pray before jumping into a relationship with anyone. Pray before becoming good friends. Remember I said the relationship to the point of teachable moments. You want to make sure the help you get is God sent. How do I know? Because the scripture tells us this. The scripture says, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray. There it is. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. This is what I'm saying to you today. I'm saying the work is too great for one person. The work is too great 
for one person. You can't fulfill your call alone. And I'm praying for God to send more people. I'm online because I'm tired during the week trying to do all the work on this side of town. I'm praying that somebody catch fire and begin to do the work of the Lord. Except, listen, except in your mind and your heart that without help, You will not complete your job. Have you ever been part of a startup? You've been part of a startup and then startup starts growing. What happens? You've got to hire more people. I remember I came onto a team and I only had two people. I had two people. We turned over revenue from two to three million dollars to over 40 million dollars in just two years, a year and a half, we went from a $2 million revenue to $40 million revenue. I went from two staff to over 20 staff members that I was responsible for hiring in over a year and a half. So listen, all I'm trying to say is that you must, listen to this, listen, Joy, this is a good one. I like this one for you. You must allocate time to hire people. In other words, some folk just work, 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 work. You just work, work, work. And you working yourself stupid. You're working yourself busy. You say, it's just me. It's just me and the kids. I'm like, stop saying it's just you. It's, if it's just you for 10 years, that's your fault. If it's just you for five years, that's your fault. God says, I have given you authority and the wisdom to hire team members. God says, I didn't ask you to save the world yourself. I didn't ask you to go out into the world and and make disciples by yourself. I asked you to make disciples so that you create a team, just like I did. Jesus said, I picked 12 people to partner with me. Listen, have you ever seen one of those trucks, those 18 wheelers driving by on the street and the sign is dirty as pop. It's dirty as I don't know what. It said, the sign says, now hiring. And I wonder, and it's fixed to the truck. It's bolted on the truck. And I say, how can the truck have screwed on sign on there and say, now hiring? That's just dumb. Are you always hiring? Yeah, dummy. That's what it means. It means we are always hiring. So when you're driving in the car and you see that truck, they put the number under it and they say, now hiring. They are always hiring. I can't dog it. I feel them now. <laughs> God says I'm always hiring. I've always got room for somebody who has a heart to serve me. If you just walk in life, if you live out your life, you'll discover whoo, thank you God. If you look to your right and look to your left there's a sign that says I'm always hiring. Woo! Thank you God. I don't care about what you've done. I don't care about your past. He says I'm always hiring. Why? Because the harvest is right but the labor I feel preachy here. Help me, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're always hiring. That means that you don't have to wait till open enrollment. That doesn't mean that I have to wait for a new budget. You can come just as you are. If you want to join the team today, by God, you can join it. Why? Because it is open enrollment. There will be an altar call, an on-call HR representative. That HR person will help you. That will be me saying the prayer. Joy and Shana will be on. Jonna will be on the comments. If you want to give your heart to the Lord, you want to take that next level. The HR team is ready. This I got.
got to move on. I'm just feeling guilty, feel, feeling preachy right here. Watch this now. Let me show you this. So what are we looking for? What is it that we're looking for? Let's make this clear. What we're looking for. You are looking for, you're looking for qualifications. You're looking for qualifications in people. You want to hire people who can do what needs to be done. Don't just hire a body to work next to. In other words, choose your relationships based on knowing your purpose in your life. Stop befriending or going deeper with people who are not a part of your purpose. Ah, God help us. That's our trouble. We have married people sometimes who are not a part of our purpose. In other words, he's got an agenda, you got an agenda, and there's conflict often. Not always, but often that is the case. You're looking for people, watch this, who can be followers. Not just leaders only, even leaders. Hear me carefully, Danielle. Hear me carefully, Cynthia. Even leaders have to be followers. Little Ben, even leaders have to be followers and you want to pick friendships or relationships that are able to be teachable moments with people who are willing to follow. Listen, they should know something about the business you are asking them to be a part of. In other words, that's one reason a Christian shouldn't marry a non-Christian because the non-Christian don't know what you believe in or why you even trust and have faith in God. So what are we looking for? We're looking for people who know something about God. As the Bible even says, you know, hey, uh, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. In other words, don't keep hooking up with people and things that know nothing. Why would I hire somebody to lead a team on the network team and they never, they've never, they never touched the network in their life? That would be foolish of me. So find people. Ah, that's all right. I got to move on. They should be able, listen to this. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good one, Dana. This is a good one, Kelvin. Listen, they should be able to share some team player experiences with you before you hire them. In other words, we don't need lone rangers. We need team players. I need examples of you being a team player. How about, uh, baby sister, have you, listen, have you ever been to uh, an interview and now this is what they do? They didn't used to do this 20 years ago, but now this is the cliche. Here it is. This is what they say. Tell me about a time when you... Oh God, you know, this is going to be, this is like a, 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 you know, an essay question, right? I got to go. I got to think I had all my answers, right? So listen, you say, tell me a time when you were a part of a team and it was incumbent upon you to be a team player. Tell me about that experience. In other words, ask people that question. Tell me about your team player experiences. Are you a team player with your spouse? Are you a team player with your family? Are you a team player on your job? If all you do is come to me with gossip about your boss and your coworker, I'm a, I'm a deduce that you're not a team player because a team player understands that I'm not going to spend my time talking about people who are on my team. Whenever somebody used to come to, to me about one of my staff members, you know, they would say, well, I saw so-and-so, I saw so-and-so. Let me tell you something, boo. Rule number one is 
always trust my team or staff members before I would trust an outsider. Now, I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to investigate. But let me tell you something. You can't walk up to me and just start ear hustling or start bad mouthing people who are on my team. You must be out of your mind. My team is my team because I respect them. My team is my team because I love them. My team is my team because my team would stand up and fight with me as I would for them. My team has been there when you wouldn't. My team is loyal. My team can be counted on. So don't come up in here talking about my team. Ah, that's why you ought to tell people real quick when they come up talking about your best friend or your sister or brother. It ain't right. And let me move on. I, I got a little, I just, I just fell off the wagon right there a little bit. A little bit. Help me, help me get it together, Tony. Listen, so watch this now. You need to find somebody who's a sacrificer because any team needs to sacrifice. Sacrifice. In other words, you're going to have to give up something on this journey. If people don't show signs of being able to part with things they love, don't hire them. People who are so self-evident, oh, no, no, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. Don't get with them. I'm telling you to be a disciple, to be a follower, to be teachable. It means you must be able to let go of something you love. Ooh, that's a juicy one right there. Listen, if you you're going to be a part of a relationship that gives teachable moments for your growth. You have to be able to part with what God instructs them to teach you of what to let go of. Lastly, you're going to look for diversity of skills. Don't hire all the same people like you. Please don't. Don't hire people that look like you, act like you, have the same degrees as you, same qualification. In other words, don't build a team of 12 U's. Don't build a team of 12 U's. Don't do it. We don't want that. Jesus' team was a diverse team. These guys were tax people, publicans, doctors, you know, riders. You know, Peter was wild. He was raunchy, but he was fishermen. He had a team of different skill sets. So I'm going to give you four criteria that Jesus used that Jesus used for serious candidates of ministry consideration. All right. So I'm going to give you these four criteria to help you do that. The, no, the first one is gifts. You want to look at someone's gifts. Here we go. Let me explain this distinction first. I want to make this distinction. People you partner with or hire per se, we're using that interchangeably. So you got to go with me relationships, you know, partner, team members, staff, it's all, all together. People you partner or hire with per se are different from people you hang with daily. I'm not talking about associates and people you just know. I'm talking about there are people you come in contact with daily but you would never partner with them. There are, there are daily people you meet, you know, regularly, but you would never partner with them. So again, be wise in selecting your long-term relationships. And when we're talking about people of gifts, with gifts, we're talking about people we're willing to consider a long-term relationship with. Watch this now. Let me give you this example. Let me see. Who likes to party? CY. Let me let me call you out, CY. Tia. CY and Tia. Let me say, you, listen, let's say you go to a party, right? You go to a party, you meet a lot of people, right? A lot of people at the party. 
but you don't go home with all of them, do you? No, you don't go home with all. You don't invite. You don't invite all of them into your circle of friendship or family. What happens? You meet a few people. You meet a few people, and you decide to make them closer. Now, if you see all those other people at the party at another party, you say you know them. You say, "Hey, what's up, dude? What's up, man? Hey, girl, how you doing?" but they're not your friend. They're not partners with you. They're not the team. You haven't told them your family tree. You haven't told them your innermost secrets. So in this context, I'm talking about God hiring people to partner with, people with whom he develops a close relationship with. Now he loves all of us, but there are those he picks who say, I want you to do the work with me. Can you do work with your partner? Look at the people in your life and just say, how many of these people in my life right now can I really do work with? Mm. I'm just going to leave that right there. Move on, PC, because it just got cold. Chilly, chill in the house. Let me show you this passage of scripture, which says this. Now watch this. want to look for people with gifts. Now watch this. Verse 10, 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says, each one should use whatever gift he has received for what? To serve others. How? faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So you want to find people who have gifts to be able to use them to serve. Now, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. Oh my gosh, look at this. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So what are we saying here? We're saying, listen, we're looking to partner. We're looking to partner with people who have first identified their gifts to some degree. In other words, don't partner with people who don't know who they are. Oh, oh, don't marry somebody who doesn't know who they are. They don't know what their gifts are. They don't know what their calling is. Because how can you ask people to do something if they don't know how to use the tools that they have? If I partner with you and I ask you, say, hand me that wrench. What's a wrench? <laughs> I don't, you don't even know what a wrench is. Listen, now, when God brings you on, there will be training, more training for what you already have. But you have to know that you got a wrench. You have to know what a wrench is. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going to train you, but you got to know you got you got to know at least what's on your t- t- tool belt, Big Ben. Wait a minute. Now, now I tell you, I'm a little late, huh, Cynthia? I'm sorry. My bad. Listen, there's nothing. That's why I'm trying to help the people who, who haven't made their choice. <laughs> Have mercy, Jesus. There's nothing worse. Listen to me. There's nothing worse than trying to train someone who doesn't want to learn what you're teaching. Ooh, that, it's, have you ever experienced that? There's nothing worse, Andy, than trying to train someone who doesn't want what you're teaching. Parents, parent, oh my God, parenting is like that. It's, ooh, it's frustrating to try to teach your child something that they don't want to learn from you. But then they go right out in their little narrow behinds on the street and or somebody rap it on a song. They rap rap what you've been teaching them. And they come home, ooh, mommy, daddy, look, I love, you know... It's, 
what I'm trying to learn, I'm working on this. I'm working. I told you that a month ago. What's wrong with you? Yeah, well, um, Nipsey Hussle was rapping it and he told me, oh my God. Listen, it's hard to be with people who are not teachable. They have no interest at all. That becomes, watch this now, put this in quotes. Here it is. When you're in that situation, that becomes a waste of time. Woo, boom, right there. It becomes a waste of time. You're trying to sow into people who don't want your seed. That's just dumb. The gift comes from God. The text said, use your gift to serve God because he provides it for you. The gift is to be used for God. So the gift comes from God. The gift is to be used for God. And the gift is supposed to give glory to God. Boom. There it is. It's right there in the text. He says the gift is from God. The gift is to be used for God. And the gift is to bring praise to God. So meet with people who understand what they have. Ain't nothing sexier. Ooh, wait a minute. I'm about to be romantic. On Joy's birthday, ain't nothing sexier than meeting somebody who know who they are. <clears throat> Come on in here, girl, and talk like you know who you are. You better, you better rap to me. I, I, I edit that out the tape, little Ben. When you when you make the video, <laughs> let me let me move on. Jesus, help me. So you not only want to look for gifts, but you want to look for people who have a heart. Somebody type heart. Listen, when doing ministry, you don't want skills or gifts only. You need people who can feel, and that's. Some, that's a mistake I know some people have made in the business, in the tech for, in the tech industry. They've hired people who are good at what they do, but have no heart whatsoever. That's destructive. So you don't want people who can just talk well. You don't want people who are erudite, people who are lo- uh, uh, intelligent and logical. You want people who can move away from the book, from the words, from the intellect and feel. Mm. I need somebody who can feel. Mm. I need somebody who can feel. Mm. Somebody who can feel what I'm saying, not just hear what I'm saying. I think the kids got it right in some sense when they say, you feel me? Yeah. And what they're saying is not only do you hear what I'm saying, but do you get what I'm saying? Ah, God, we need more feeling in the church. That's what I'm talking about. Not just hearing the sermon, uh, but feeling this. Woo, I feel him now. Hey, hey, hey. Listen, you, you need people with a heart for service. The heart reveals the type of person you are and the genuineness of your work is determined not by our production but how you treat others listen you're a good employee if you can't do great work but you treat people with excellent customer service you're a candidate for management why not just because I don't want just skills and abilities I need people with heart somebody say you feel me let me go to this let me show you this check this out listen the text says it like this But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him for his appearance or height. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Um, So now that I put up on the screen, now hiring for God, now that you've seen the sign, God is not so strict on your appearance, your looks, 
your stature or your abilities. But man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. I know some of you better stop picking these dates just because they look yummy. You need more than a yummy person. <laughs> Oh, Sandra, you need somebody with a heart. (laughs) Sugar, come on now. You need somebody who's got a heart. We don't partner with people solely for their looks or resources, skills or abilities. We want to partner with people who have good hearts. I want this ministry filled with people with good hearts. If we know someone has a good heart, we can trust that they're going to do the right thing. I'm going to say amen by myself. People with good hearts do the right thing when you aren't looking. Let me, that's what I'm trying to tell you. You want relationships that you don't have to micromanage. I'm preaching right now. You want relationships that you don't have to follow up behind and snoop and check phones and follow and track. You want people, cat dog, and I feel him. Thank you. You want people who have a heart for God. Ah, God said David was a man after God's own heart because he knew that David would ultimately do the right thing. It doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes because David made some major blunders. But David goes down in history as a famous and powerful king because the heart he had for God. Ah, what am I trying to say? Even if a person with a good heart makes a mistake, a person with a good heart is going to correct the behavior on their own. You don't have to police them because their heart compels them to change. Woo! You don't have to order trouble. You don't have to call the investigator or the detective. Somebody who loves God will start changing whether you ask them to woo, or not. That's why the word has got to get past your ears and into your heart. Ah, Can we do some open heart surgery? A really good worker may bring in more money than you could ever imagine, but he or she has lied to get that money. And what makes that so bad is that they won't even change. Even when you ask them and bring it to their attention, you lied to get this account. They say, so what? You don't want to partner partner with people who don't care about change. Change is from the heart. I hope you're hearing me. What makes this so troublesome is when people don't want to be teachable. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Stop partnering with people who aren't teachable. Why? Because when they lie or do bad and don't change, the company will have to pay. Oh my God, when people don't correct their mistakes, at the end of the day, the company is on the line for liability. And God says, I refuse to be liable for the choices you make. And that's why God then gives us this one long word. It's called consequences. The consequences he allows in your life to help you 
change in the heart. I got, I got to move on. So you got gifts and you got heart. But let me tell you what else you need. You need willingness. People have to want to serve. Remember I told you that God chose his disciples. Why? Because people won't volunteer. And when they do, they may not stick around. Be weary of people who run up to you. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. They'll do it for two hours and then they quit. It's the people who don't raise their hand. It's the people who don't make a fuss. It's the people who aren't flashy and flamboyant. It's the ones way back in the cut that God says, that's the one. Don't you know when Samuel went to look for the king, Saul brought out all of these, or, or the, they brought out all the sons, brought out all the sons. And this is a big one. This is a brawny one. This is a powerful one. I, I'm passing. God rejected all of them and said, bring me ready little David. Bring me somebody who's a nobody. That's who I want to use. People who are willing. Listen, they're not forced to. If you got to force your wife to do something, uh, then stop asking. If you got to force an employee to do something, they ain't the right employee. If you've got to force a friend to come pick you up from work, they aren't a friend. God, I'm preaching right now. You need people who are willing to be on point. I got you. That's all they say, Sonda. I got you, preachy. That's what they say, little Ben. I got you. Don't worry about a thing. I'll be there when you need. Get off the metro and I'll be revving my car up on the side because you can count on me. Volunteers lose interest quickly, but people who want to do something keep finding ways to make it interesting and exciting. (laughs) People who are dating and really love each other never run out of things to do. Why? Because they just make up new stuff every day. We ain't gone down this road, honey. When you're excited and you love one another, church is just church. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same praise and worship. The Bible, the same Bible. The King James Version, I can't even read it. And if I read it, it's just, I'm just, just going to read it. I just gonna, Listen to me. When you love the Lord every time you crack open that book, the word looks like it's something different. I'm going to read this Bible this time from the jacuzzi. I'm going to read this Bible from the park bench. In other words, when you love God, you find a way to make it work. <laughs> when you love God, prayer is not a problem. When you love God, you find time to meditate. When you love God, you find time to be a blessing to other people. Am I helping anybody? I know you want me to stop. You want me to be quiet, don't you? Listen, a leader has to help with this. A leader has to help people find their value. Listen, I have to help you understand who you are because that's when you start getting powerful. That's when you start learning the reward and the worth of who you are and what you do. We must continue to show the workers the value of serving and the value of the people being served. Ah, God, I like to tell, let let me move on. Let me me tell the willingness is beautiful, but let me show you the scripture because you don't, you don't believe me. The servants, the Bible says, the servants, there it is, exclamation mark, talking to you, servants, obey the masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the simplicity of your heart as to the Christ. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read that again. The servants obey the masters according to the flesh, meaning obey your boss according to the flesh, person who's over you in the flesh. Obey them with fear and trembling. How? In the simplicity of your heart 
as to the Christ. So do it as to Christ, not to your boss. But then the next verse says, not with eye service as men pleasers. In other words, don't do it to be seen, but as here it is, servants of the Christ doing the will of God. How? Out of soul with, here it is, I highlighted it with good will. Are you willing? Goodwill serving as to the Lord and not to men. And the final verse says, having known that whatever good thing each one may do, this he shall receive from the Lord, whether servant or free man. Listen to me. Willingness comes from people with good hearts. God has to be their motivation for doing a thankless and often unappreciated work. Listen, I don't get an email saying thank you often. I don't get a card often saying thank you. I don't get much at all. People even get mad if I even talk about getting paid from the ministry that I serve in. But the motivation I have for getting this sermon together for you in spite of your honoriness is the the wonderful love and willingness that I have to serve God. Am I tired? Yes. Am I weary at times? Yes. Do I not want to do it? Yes. Do I have to sing and the praise and worship, type it, preach it, study it, and I don't feel like it? Yes. But I do it because I'm willing to serve. God didn't say you got to be perfect, but you do got to be willing. I know that's not good English, but it helps out. Ah, so when I get there, listen, after Sunday, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing much. But after a while, after I regroup, let me tell you, I can't wait till Sunday. Why? Because I'm willing. Listen, and the work is work. It is not for the faint of heart. To serve God is no stroll in the park, boo. There are some days where you can relax and enjoy the scenery. But most time, the work is the work. And only God keeps you doing what you've been called to do. I'm telling you, partner with people who are these quick chicken eaters who are ready to go after they finish their fries or they don't finish their food and they throw away their stuff. I'm telling you, partner with people who are going to put in the work. Are you down or are you a one-hour worker? Are you a quick fly-by-night? Ooh, hickam a shot. Praise the Lord. I should come on a Honda. Ah, there it is again. She came on the Honda again. Let me tell you. Are you one of those fly-by people who come get your praise in and before the benediction is even prayed, you gone. I need people who are willing to do the work. How much are you in? Are you all in? Are you good? Are you perpetrating and fraud? Look like a Christian, but you don't have the heart for it. Am I reaching anybody? I'm making people mad. I got to get security. Ben, Ben, get security for me. Listen to me. This is going to be powerful. People with no God, people with no God motivation should not be partners. You need people who are going to do the right thing because God motivates you. People who you have to blow smoke up their skirt or blow smoke up their jacket or their pant leg all the time, make it about them. Oh, you're so pretty. You're so beautiful. You're so... If you got to stroke people all day long, they aren't good partners. You need people who are going to do the work of the gospel and when nobody even recognizes them when you don't get a plaque you don't get a trophy you don't get a retreat you don't get a workshop you don't get appreciated but you still ah do the job look for people who are doing positive things and no one is even asking them to do it these are people that you want to bring on board Willing people serve out of their soul, the Bible said. 
They aren't motivated by money. They're motivated by the spirit. Look for people with inner passion. People who are self-motivated. My baby sister will tell you. She say, you know, they didn't have to worry about me. Little Cherry. I almost said my nickname. Which almost slipped. Look, don't worry about Little Cherry. He played by himself. <laughs> he played by him. Where's Cherry? He outside. Mama, where, where, where your brother at? He's outside. With who? By himself. Why? I could always create. I could find things. Why? Because I've got passion in my spirit. There's a willingness in my soul. There's something inside of me that, that brings something out. Listen to me. They will have, listen, listen, you want people who have something inside of them. They have the will to do it. And remember this, remember this. It is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's Philippians 2.13. Put that in the comments, Shana. Philippians 2.13. Listen, number three says willing people serve because they know that whatever good they sow. Did you see the part of that scripture? The text, the end of that scripture said willing people serve because they know that whatever good they sow is going to return the same to them and those they work for. So I ain't worried about your money. I ain't worried about your email, boo. I know that when it's all said and done, whatever I sow out into the world, my faithfulness of preaching, every time every time I go through what I go through, I do it because I know that God will bring it back toward me. Listen to me. Willing people do it and God blesses them. He returns it to them. Remember Potiphar's whole house was blessed because Joseph was in it. In other words, wherever I go, people around me gonna get blessed. People who are not a, let me, oh, I'm gonna drop this on you. I'm gonna drop this on you, Andy. There are some people at your job who are never recognized, but those are the people responsible for the favor of God on that business. Because they are there, God blesses it. They will never be recognized. They will never be appreciated, but because they sow out of the heart and out of faithfulness and willingness, God, uh, that's all right. Am I getting anybody? Does anybody know what I'm saying. So listen to me. Hire willing people. It brings profit to your business, not because of their sales, but because of their reciprocal relationship with heaven. When they serve with willingness and obedience, God responds to them. When you move, he moves. (laughs) When I move, God moves. (laughs) When I give, God gives. (laughs) Let me tell you, Isaiah 119 says, if ye be willing, what? And obedient, what will happen? You shall eat the good of the land. Woo! So if I keep on doing what I'm supposed to do, then God will give me the good. God, dog it, is anybody getting what I'm saying? God will give it back to me, pressed down, shaken together. Never mind, let me move on. This is the last one. This is the last one. I'm, I'm almost out of time. Here we go. I'm running up on my hour. Hi, listen, duplication. I want to make sure that I get somebody who can come in and do the job after I'm gone. Listen, hire people with the mindset that if you died tomorrow, that person could carry on the business with minimal interruption. I'm going to say that again. Hire people with the mindset that if you died tomorrow, that person could carry on the business with minimal interruption. Let me say this to you. This ain't in my notes, but I'm going to tell you something. If my Mella, my best friend, had the key to my house, and let's say I got sick at the hospital, and let's say, let's say I wasn't married, I was single or whatever. Let's say, let's say my Mella came over to my house. He knows me well enough to know what to do in my house while I'm laid up in a sick bed. In other words, would nothing be me? He knows that I got a car to be paid. He knows that I got rent to be paid. 
okay? He knows what I like in my house and what I don't like in my house. He knows me well enough to keep the house running. Regard, God dog it. I, listen to me. I had a boss, a chief operations officer, a very powerful man, a young man who was wealthy. He was, he's now deceased, gone on to be with the Lord. I had a boss who used to tell me, he would do this to me periodically. He would say, sit at my desk, Cherry. He'd say, sit at my desk. And he would ask me things like, looking at the desk, do you think you have everything there on your desk to do my job? And I've been looking at him like, you asking me to sit at the CEO, COO desk? Man, this is boss. He was asking me, look at my desk and tell me, do you think you have everything at the desk to do my job? And I was like, do your job. He taught me. Here's what he taught me. He taught me not to personalize my workspace so much so that ownership of the space can always be easily transferred at a moment's notice. In other words, be able to, don't leave so much stuff at your desk to where somebody else can't come in and just sit down and keep the work going. This also keeps people from getting personally attached to where they are. And this gives people more openness to following wherever God leaves them. Some of y'all got teddy bears on your desk. You got pictures. You got stuff permanently etched in your desk as if it's your domain. When you serve God willingly, you go where he says go. You can't be attached to everything and everybody. God moves things from time to time. You got to keep your resume fresh, boo. You can't let it sit and lose out on your skills and keep yourself sharp. Read some articles. Stay up on the trends if in the industry that you're in. You can't get locked down. Why do I say that? Here's the text as we go. I'm moving fast. I'm trying to go fast. And the things that thou hast heard. Here it is. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2, and the things that thou hast heard of me. This is Paul talking to Timothy. The things that you have heard of me among many witnesses. Here it is. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So in other words, What you want is people who will keep the succession going. Partner with people who will be able to do the things that you have taught them. You don't want tunnel cappers. I call them tunnel cappers, Shauna, meaning that they get the job and they stop trying. Have you ever dated somebody and they did everything? They put on their best hair. They put on their best makeup. They put on their best shoes to get you. But once they got you, they stopped being cute. Now it's just sweatpants and he don't comb his hair he don't cut his hair he don't trim his goatee and he looked like a disaster I'm telling you those are tunnel cappers in other words they do just enough to get the job and they stop the flow of God's blessing I'm telling you some of you are borderline sinners because everything God gives you you get into it you celebrate him for 30 minutes and you stop you cap the tunnel and God is saying I can't flow through you he says I'm trying to get through you I'm not trying to just bless you I'm trying to get through you. This gospel goes far beyond you. Even after you die, you 80, 90, 100 years old, the gospel, the product must go. Stop capping up your house. Stop capping up your family. Stop capping up your marriage. Stop capping up your job. Stop capping up your income and your finances just because you got a little money. Stop hiding it in the savings. Keep creating avenues and streams for God to be a blessing through you. Say, God, get it through me, not just to me. You don't want to be a tunnel capper. You want 
want to let God move through you to close off your life. You don't want to close it off. You don't want to close off your family. You don't want to close off these things because God can't work. Through. Listen, you've heard about paying it forward, haven't you? That's what you're trying to do. That's basically what this is. What you've seen others do for you, be faithful and committed to do it to others. In other words, I'm discipling you so you can disciple somebody. God discipled me so I could disciple you so you could disciple them. A pastor discipled me so I could disciple you so you could disciple somebody. In other words, stop getting friends who cap the bottle. Ah, you keep getting people who stop the flow. Listen, and listen, listen to me. Listen to me. They're capping the bottle affects your blessing. When you're partnering with them, that means it can't get past you. In other words, God is not going to keep pouring into you if he knows it's going to get backed up. You got to call the plumber. Somebody better call the Holy Ghost. Hey, dear dude, you better call somebody and get out that plumb line and start to crack it. So you got to get that gunk out of you. You stopped up. Tell your husband you stopped up. <laughs> Tell your wife you stopped up. Tell your kid you stopped up and I got to get the flow through you. I need God's blessings to keep going through me. Don't partner with anyone who does nothing but take from you and doesn't offer it to others in their lives. If you give something to somebody, you better hear a story from them about them giving to somebody else. If you keep giving and you don't hear them saying, celebrating their gifts to others, stop, 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 stop. Stop giving to them. When I teach, I'm not asking so much for you to teach me back. I'm asking you to take what you've heard and teach it to others who haven't heard. Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together and running over. Make disciples who will make disciples. That's all I say. Here's my conclusion, folks, that I got for you. Uh... You'll meet them as you go. I want you to understand, well, how do I meet them? How do I meet them, PC? I'm glad you asked that. Here we go. This is the conclusion. Jesus picked 12 who were gifted, who had hearts, willingness, and the ability to duplicate what they had learned by teaching it to others. Here's how you find your 12. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says in the Greek, it doesn't emphasize go. It's, it's like we often have been taught you know, people say, we used to be taught, well, go, you know, is that it's go. No, it's not about go. It's just, it's, it's about as you go, make disciples. The emphasis is on building relationships. We are not just to make, to win souls, but we're to make disciples. We don't just get people saved. We're supposed to teach them. We're not supposed to just have an altar call and say, oh, you accepted Jesus. If I accept, if you accept Jesus on my watch, it's my responsibility to make sure you are taught. My point is that the text really says, as you go. In other words, you meet them as you go. It's not about, don't focus on the going. Just live your life. That's all I'm saying. You don't stop going or doing what you're doing to find them. You meet them as you go. I'm not telling you go out there with just magnifying glass snooping for friends. Let me find some people with a gift and a quality. No! Just go to the store. Just go to Ralph's. Just go to get your nails done. Just go to the baseball game. Just go. Just go. And as you go, God said I'll put them in front of you. I'll make sure they pop up in your eyesight. Don't try to make it happen 
and just be. Just be you. And what you need will be brought to your path. Look at how Jesus did it here in the final text. He says, and Jesus walking by the sea. There he was. Jesus minding his own business, walking by the sea of Galilee. Saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, what? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway, there it is. They left their nets and followed him. Let me tell you something. You just be walking, minding your own business, get your hair done. You and Popeye's chicken, get that chicken sandwich and you see living. Let me tell you something. That's how you find your mate. That's how you just be living your life. Living your life and Jesus puts in front of you. Oh, let me read the final verse. 19 says, 21 says, and going on from this, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And what'd he do? He called them. He called them. And then he says, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. My point I'm trying to make to you in my final words today, my brothers and my sisters, is that Jesus was being Jesus. And along the sea, he sees two men he could use. I'm going to tell you single people, stop looking for the right, Mr. Right, right. Just keep living your life and Mr. Right, right going to pop up. I'm telling you, I wasn't looking for joy. I was not looking. I was not looking. I was not looking. But there she come. Here she is with her cute, pretty little hazel eyes. And I'm telling you, we were just friends for years and years and years. But now she's the partner on my right arm. She's my strong soul. She's my backbone. She helps me ride. She's my ride and my die. Let me tell you about finding the people and the things you need. Just live your life being you, boo. Notice they were fishers. When God could use their skills to add his kingdom, here's what he said. He said, listen, I know you're fishing. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. In other words, you're going to find the people with the gifts you need. God needed people who could fish for men. So he found fishers. I'm telling you, I'm telling you everything I preached about. God is going to put it in front of you. You don't have to make it. You don't have to force it. You don't have to make the woman like weird science when they put the put it on the, 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 the machine. You not have to make it. God sends it to you. He met two others. That's all I'm trying to tell you. He saw two and he kept on walking and he found two others. I'm telling you, keep living your life. You're going to find a job. Keep living your life. You're going to find a mate. Keep living your life. You're going to find your ministry. Keep living your life. You're going to climb your team. He made the initiative and they responded. The Bible said they immediately followed him, but not all will accept your invitation. And when they don't, just keep it moving, boo. Just keep it moving because those who are with you will stay, but those who aren't, they will leave. (laughs) They left what they had to follow Jesus. He did this for 12 people and you can't really disciple 500 people as one person. You can't do it. We can only disciple a small number for human finiteness, but those 12 will reach another 12 and the multiplication continues. So how many I got online? Tell me how many, how many is online right now? 
20. I got 20 online. <laughs> Brother Dana, I got 20 online. Those 20 will teach 20 more. And those 20 they teach will teach 20 more. And those 20 will teach 20 more. I'm telling you, we are on the cusp of reaching 100, 200, 5,000 people because of your response to this message today. Today, I hope I've encouraged you to look at your relationships and start thinking about partners versus associates. Connect with people who can help further God's business. That's why it's called the family business. It's not called the associate business. It's not called the hey you business. It's called the family. Let me put that shimmy on you. It's called the family business, baby. We are family. And when I see you, I say, hey, Kelvin, you're my brother in Christ. When I talked to Omari this week, I said, my little brother, that's my little brother (laughs) because he's family. You hear what I'm saying? I don't talk to him much. I don't see him much, but he's family. And we've got to build our relationships on more than just phone numbers and sight and identification. We must put people in our hearts. So connect with people who can further God's business. It is the family business. If we handle his business in heaven, he will handle our business on earth. Let the recruitment commence. I'm PC. Pumpayo. That's all I got.